0: Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Seminary. This podcast is a variety of audio resources from around Southeastern. Learning more about Southeastern, visit scbts.edu. Thank you, Dr. Aiken. It is uh, my pleasure to be here with you on this beautiful campus, and I always enjoy spending time with Dr. Aiken and, uh, and. course, a- and uh, value the opportunity to open God's word with you look at uh, Psalm 134 I want to take some time this morning and open up this short little psalm the last of the psalms of the ascent Psalm 134 this morning I think it has particular relevance to a gathering like this in a place like a seminary campus Uh, before I do that let me say a word about Guidestone and also a word about some good friends of mine back here, midway toward the back are Paul and Vicky Hantla. Uh, twenty years ago, Bryce Hantla serves here at the seminary, and uh, over twenty years ago, Paul was on the pastor search committee that called me to to become the pastor of Quell Springs Baptist Church in Oklahoma City. It's really a great high privilege of my of my life, and you you want to see two premier Baptist lay people, Paul and Vicky Hantla. Uh, poured their heart and soul into that church and uh, and that church is continuing to bear fruit and we uh, it's great to see you and i'm glad that you've stopped by this morning guidestone is one of the historic boards of the southern baptist convention we were created as the relief and annuity board of the southern baptist convention and our mission is to enhance financial security and resilience for those who serve christ Financial security is what we do. Resilience is why we do it. And uh, usually people who have a calling to be ministers of the gospel don't have much concern for financial security. But we know that it becomes an important part to your staying power. The capacity that you and your family have to bounce back from the adversity that comes in ministry. And remember the Apostle Paul says, Pay close attention to yourself and to the doctrine. Persevere in these things, for in so doing, you ensure salvation both for yourself and for those who hear you. And oftentimes, we do a better job of paying careful attention to the doctrine than we do of paying careful attention to ourselves, to our own households. But Paul tells us that if you don't manage your own household, you're gonna have a hard time managing the household of God. And part of managing your own household is taking care of the financial security of you and your family. And so I encourage you to consider that now as you are beginning ministry, preparing for the resilience that you need to manage your life so that you can stay after your calling for the long haul as you persevere until the day the Lord Jesus returns. And that Guidestone, we find it, we count it a privilege to be a partner with this seminary and a partner with you as you pursue your calling. Now that's all I have to say about that. Psalm 134 has been on my heart lately. This is the last of the song of the ascents. And it's a song that I think is particularly relevant to people who work In what I would call the realm of religion you know that if you're serving in the realm of religion you're serving in what I consider to be a high-risk category and I can can I say to you who are faculty and staff here that if you're serving in the kingdom of God every step you take away from the local church you get in a more risky environment you know, I, 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 we know that in the world there are some high risk occupations like fishing and logging and roofing. Can I tell you that if you're serving in the realm of religion, you're serving in a high risk occupation spiritually? You're going to cut your finger off probably in the workplace, but you might find your heart hardened. This is a high-risk area. And Psalm 134 is a little psalm that's designed to be used by those who are serving in the temple at night. And I believe it's a psalm, if we properly understand it and apply it to our heart, that can become a, a kind of a hedge against hypocrisy that oftentimes creeps into our lives Uh, in an unexpected way so you you follow along as i read i'm reading out of the out of the christian standard bible this morning just three verses psalm 134 and uh, then i want to unpack it with you now or behold now bless the lord all you servants of the lord who stand in the lord's house at night Lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Now, this is not going to take long. I'm going to give you some time back today. All right? But let me just give you three simple imperatives from the text that will hedge against hypocrisy in your life. The first is this. Embrace unseen service. In the kingdom of God, there's no such thing as obscure service. And one of the things we want to learn to do is serve the Lord in unseen ways. Notice verse 1 again. The call is to all you servants of the Lord who stand in the Lord's house at night. Servants. Sometimes sometimes we forget that to be a minister of the gospel is to be a servant. That our calling is a call to serve. That we follow a master who said, I've not come to be served, but to serve. And this is a psalm that is written to servants, priests and levites working in the temple. More than that, to servants standing active, ready, not idle, but busy. And a key concept verse 1, to servants standing at the Lord, standing in the Lord's house at night. And and maybe you haven't thought about this before, but the temple and, and, and the courtyards around the temple were very busy during the daytime, but they were not empty at night. There were some servants, a few priests and many Levites who had the night shift. And we don't know all that they did, but we can imagine. And we know that some were singing to an empty room we know that there are others who are doing that behind-the-scenes work, that unnoticed, unappreciated work. They were cleaning and stocking, preparing, repairing, guarding. They were standing in service in the temple at night. And so this is a psalm for those servants of the Lord Who are doing that behind the scenes, unnoticed, unappreciated work? And it's a little psalm that helps us to understand the importance in the kingdom of God of embracing unseen service. Do you ever feel like nobody knows what you're doing for the Lord? Do you ever feel unappreciated? Or unnoticed and uh, I, I'm getting old enough that it's not challenging for me to sound like a cranky old man and so and, and I know I sound a bit like a cranky old man when I start railing against social media but I don't have to tell you that one of the challenges of social media is if we're not careful we want everyone to see everything we do we feel like it's not significant unless a hundred people notice it or like it. But this is a text that reminds us, to embrace unseen service. Don't forget that the difference between the righteousness of the Pharisees and the kingdom righteousness is that the Pharisees wanted to be seen by men. But we serve our Father who sees what is done in secret and oftentimes kingdom service is secret service remember Colossians chapter 3 the Apostle Paul in verse 23 and 24 says whatever you do do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord, you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Christ. Labor happily and faithfully in obscurity. There's a blessing in that. I, I, I can tell you, I thank God that very few people were paying attention to me before I was 50 years old. And so if, if you feel like that you're laboring in obscurity and no one is seeing your service, that's not all bad. There is one who sees. And he's the one you're called to Please. And so one of the things that this psalm helps us with when it comes to building that hedge against hypocrisy is it calls us to the joy of embracing unseen service, unnoticed, underappreciated. Number two, as we look at verse two, not only does the psalm call us to embrace unseen service, but also to worship while we work verse two says lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the lord again as we imagine the context the 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 imagery lift up your hands in the holy place conjures up the picture the idea of somebody with their back bent over in labor right So either it's a watchful guard or somebody cleaning or restocking, resupplying, preparing for the next day. And this little psalm challenges that unseen servant. In the midst of serving here in the holy place, don't forget to lift up your hands to the Lord in worship. Especially when we're serving the Lord in a religious vocation. Serving maybe in an unappreciated way in the local church or in an institution like a seminary. In all of your busy religious activity, the psalmist says, don't fail to worship while you're working. Lift up your hands in the holy place. These people were privileged to work in the temple. Just as... Christians are privileged to serve the Lord in kingdom enterprise but the danger is that if we're not careful it becomes all about the work that we're doing and we lose that heart of worship my sister lives on a, on a mountaintop overlooking Pagosa Springs, Colorado Southern Colorado is a beautiful place, looks across the valley, the city under the mountain top of Pagosa Peak, there uh, peak just uh, west of Wolf Creek Pass. She lives in one of the prettiest places I've ever been. And her husband was my roommate at college, a good friend of mine. When I go to visit them, uh, he's busy on his cell phone. He's taking out the garbage. He's cleaning up the yard. But every time i walk out on the front porch i can't do anything besides besides stand drop jawed before the glory of the creation around him he takes it for granted and we do a similar thing in kingdom work right we get so busy so obsessed with our burdens heads down in the work this little psalm reminds us to always be worshiping while we work Alexander McLaren, the great Scottish preacher, says, commenting on Psalm 134, The more diligently our hands and thoughts are employed about the externals of religious duty, the more we must see to it that our inmost spirits are baptized into fellowship with God. If you want to hedge against hypocrisy, In your religious vocation then embrace unseen service and be careful to always worship while you work doesn't King David teach us in Psalm 27 that if we're not careful it's possible to dwell in the Lord's house but not behold the beauty of the Lord he desires to dwell in the Lord's house and to behold the beauty of the Lord. And uh, it's my prayer for you that you would never lose the wonder of his presence. I, I think often about the Apostle Paul who late in his ministry still couldn't get over his calling but said, I am always giving thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord because he counted me faithful and put me into service. A sense of gratitude and wonder and worship is something that we want to carry with us. And now, let's consider the third verse. We want to embrace unseen service. We want to worship while, he, while we work. We want to bless those who are working with us. This is a little psalm that helps us to draw the clear line of connection between our worship and our fellowship. And I I wanna make sure you understand how this psalm works. It's not obvious in our English translations, but the pronouns in verse one and two are plural pronouns. they're, they're, They're y'alls, right? You all. Now, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord. It's one person talking to many. Lift up your hands, one person talking to many in the holy place, and bless the Lord. But verse three, there's a change. The pronoun is no longer plural, but it's singular. It's one of the reasons we know that this is a little psalm that was designed to be used antiphonally. So, verse two is the leader. Exhorting the servants to embrace unseen service and to worship while they work, but verse three is a response of the many back toward the one. In fact, let, do we did we have the words on the screen earlier? Do you, do you have the text on the screen, verse one through three? Let's do, let's let's read it the way it's designed to be read. Uh, who is that bald-headed man on the screen? am i putting you do you have it all right let's do it the old-fashioned way you got a bible in front of you or your phone and don't worry about what translation you're working out of i'll read verse one and two to you and you respond with verse three you ready now bless the lord all you servants of the lord who stand in the lord's house at night lift up your hands in the holy place and bless the lord now you respond to me now you see how the psalm functions there's this you're receiving the blessing you're giving it back I'm calling you to worship and you're responding with a benediction toward me I'm leading you you're blessing me And so one of the things the psalm is teaching us is that not only do we want to worship God bless him but we want to bless one another as we serve the Lord together. And this is a Psalm that teaches us one of the most fundamental, it affirms one of the most fundamental biblical truths. And that is a truth that the vertical is always expressed in the horizontal. That when we claim to be a people who are worshiping God and serving him, then it should be expressed in the way we treat each other. Right, and it's it, it's it's functioning right here in the psalm. The Lord bless you; you bless the Lord, and you bless me. I bless the Lord, and I bless you. And, and that's how the psalm works. The night servant's responding to the leader, the high priest, the captain, responding to exhortation with benediction. We should always respond to exhortation with benediction this is the great commandment right love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself this is a fundamental Bible truth yet we know that far too often Men and women who are most particular about the fact that they are serving Christ are some of the most difficult people to get along with on the planet. Right? Especially when they think their service is unseen and unappreciated. And so one of the things Psalm 134 helps us to get a hold of is that The gospel of Jesus Christ is the gospel of peace. When we are ministers of the gospel, we are ministers of reconciliation. And it is the height of hypocrisy for a man or a woman to say, I'm serving Christ, yet to not be able to get along with the people around them. This is not rocket science. In fact, if you don't love your brother who you can see, how is it you're claiming to love God who you can't see? So Psalm 134 teaches us that one of the ways that we always guard our hearts from hypocrisy is making sure that in our claims to be right with God, we're also right with the people around you. Can I tell you, brother or sister, as you move into a life of serving Christ. A very few of you in this room might have trouble because you don't keep your doctrine straight. But far more of you will have trouble because you find it nearly impossible to maintain healthy relationships with the people around you. Can I tell you that as I study Paul's qualifications for local church leadership in 1st Timothy chapter 3 most of what he's saying is I need some people who can get along with a room who can just maintain healthy relationships at home at church in the workplace And most of the men and women I've known who used to be in the ministry and now are not in the ministry, the reason they're not is because of their utter lack of a capacity to get along with people. And Psalm 134 moves along those lines. Listen, the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ is a vertical and a horizontal, isn't it? It reminds us the one that shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to make us right with God is also the one who creates fellowship between God and man. And this Psalm teaches us how important it is for us to bless the people that are around us. So I hope and pray that you may never remember anything I say but that you'll take this little memorizable psalm 134 and hide this word in your heart that would protect you god willing until the day the lord jesus returns from the hazards of religious hypocrisy it's a measuring stick i grew up in a small town in oklahoma and my dad Ran an old-fashioned gas station, filling station, full service, and you—you know the gasoline is in the—in—in in a big tank in the ground, and then that day you didn't have any sort of electronic gauge. You gauged it with a measuring rod. You take the lid off of that tank. It was dark. You couldn't see what was down inside it. But you'd take that measuring rod that was calibrated you'd dip it down about 10 feet into that tank you'd pull it back up and that rod would tell you what you could not see what was in the tank and can I tell you as you're serving Christ sometimes it's hard to see what's in your heart it's it it can be dark and deceptive But this little psalm is like that measuring rod. And it gives us an indication of what's on the inside in a very simple and beautiful way. Am I serving to be seen? Am I working without worship? Am I claiming to be right with God while tolerating ruptured relationships around me? If so, the tank's pretty empty. And I'm in danger of becoming that hypocrite that I never want to be. Serve the Lord in secret. Worship as you're working. And as you're blessing the Lord, bless that brother and sister who is serving beside you. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this beautiful little psalm, your inspired word. I thank you for the way that you have used this psalm for hundreds of years to clarify the calling cast a light on the work of your faithful servants and father i know that everyone in this room is here because of a sincere calling i pray that by your grace you would protect us from the hazards of hypocrisy I pray that we would gladly embrace unseen service because our ambition is to be pleasing in your sight. I pray that in our busyness and our burdens and our working, we'd never lose a heart for worshiping you, full of wonder and gratitude and praise. And Father, I pray that we would be people of peace they would live in peace with one another they would build up and not tear down and that we would exercise the ministry of reconciliation that you so graciously given to us in Christ Jesus Lord Jesus we praise you because you set us right with God and I pray now through your spirit and through this word that you'd keep us right with you, that you'd guard our hearts in the days to come. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Consider giving to Southeastern Seminary online or visiting us for a preview day. For information on how to give or sign up for a preview day, visit SCBTS.edu.